Hey, y'all. From NPR, I'm Sam Sanders. It's been a minute. Today, we're going to bring you an encore presentation of one of my favorite conversations I've ever had here on the show. My chat with Lena Waithe. Lena is the Emmy Award-winning writer, screenwriter, producer, and actor. She does everything. We first spoke in 2017 about her work on the Netflix series Master of None. Uh, But since our chat back in 2017, Lena has had one hell of a run. Not long after we spoke, Lena became the first black woman to win an Emmy Award for comedy writing for her work on Master of None. If you haven't already, go watch the Thanksgiving episode of that show. It is brilliant. After that, Lena made a show for Showtime. It's called The Shy, and it's currently in its second season. Lena's also working on new comedies for BET and Showtime, and she's going to be on HBO's Westworld next year. On top of all of this, Lena also runs her own production company. And she was recently perhaps the best-dressed person on the red carpet at the Met Gala. But before all that, Lena met me on a Saturday morning at NPR West in L.A. Solo. No entourage. Very chill. So chill, she let me buy her Doritos from our vending machine in the office before our chat. All right, here it is, Lena Waith and me, back in 2017. Uh, ah, there we go. I smell Doritos in this house. Yeah, you, do. you want some? No, no, I don't. I'm more of a cooler ranch. These are nacho Ooh, cheese. That, those are like, that's are, yeah, a cooler, black it, man. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's blacker than this. Black. Wow. No. Okay. What's even blacker? Oh, I got the blackest uh, snack item for you. What? My mom growing up. I don't know where pork the rinds? hell she found it. Microwavable pork rinds. Okay. What? Like the I've way you microwave popcorn. You microwave pork rinds. Okay. I want that as well. Do you? I mean, well, I like the. <laughs> in our writers room, in our this show shows how black our show is. Yes. So this is the shy. Brent's gonna but, get mad at you again for not being on the mic. Oh. Okay. I know, I know. Here. Okay, get here. there we go. Let me do it. Like I'm on Breakfast Club. Um, <laughs> DJ Avin be like talking to the mic. Um, no, we have pork rinds. We actually have spicy pork rinds in the bag. What kind of spice? Just like hot pork Ugh. rinds. I but I'm telling They'll you, you, up you say that room. they do. They're awful. But you put one of them things in your mouth and you just like, okay, there's a heaven. <laughs> there's a God and He exists. You're here. What is a Saturday morning? It's a Saturday. Five till eleven. Uh huh. You're like kind of working right now, talking to me. If you weren't in here, how would you be spending your Saturday? What's your usual Saturday? Oh routine? man, um, it's so funny because I'm. Look, here's the thing. A lot of people know this about me. I'm very much in love with my girlfriend. Uh-huh. What's her name? Her name is Alana Aisha Mayo. I love that name. Such a good name. Yeah, she's like it's like a Doug character. <laughs> um, I'm very lucky to wake up to her every day. I bet. So. Like this morning, I got in late last night. I did a belated birthday dinner last night. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I woke up to her and like we were sort of snuggling and, and, uh-huh. and being silly. And uh, and trust me, if I was not coming here, like I would probably still be in the bed, like moving <laughs> around with her and like watching MSNBC or something. But we have family in town right now. Her okay. brother and her cousin, a couple of her other cousins are here. Um, so I came downstairs to like three black boys hanging out, you know, <laughs> on the couch and yeah. she's sitting there and they what do they have on the TV before I left? I don't know, something. But um so I would be kicking it with them, figuring out what we're gonna do for brunch. Sounds like a lovely Saturday. Yeah. We tried to she's gotten on me about 
keeping the weekends pretty clear. Yeah. Just because, even though after this, I'm also going to go sit with Justin Simeon and help him with his like next project. What's the next um, project? I can't say okay. anything right. about now, it. It he, is like top secret. He's a mastermind behind he's so, Dear Black People. Uh, yes, Dear White People, although white people want a Dear Black People because what they're mad I, about that is, Dear I, I, I said Dear Black People? I know. But, what but the hell? Because you're sitting in front of a black person. <laughs> you're feeling very black right now. I'm so black. Yes. He's so a mastermind. He, in he, my he, Marfa Public Radio shirt. I know. We're very Black as hell. We're black hipsters Let's talk about your blipster outfit i'm loving this oh are you, is are that you, a puka shell necklace dude, not quite this what is dog, that? this was i'm like this was a gift from some or maybe or maybe i bought this i don't know this is um this is me and my girlfriend and i have like these little these little gold necklaces with oh. like our nicknames on it mine says cheese ball because that's what <laughs> she calls me which i am um and hers has her my little pet name for her which i will not share okay okay um and then this, my girlfriend got me this chain because I, like I was like, I was like, I want like a, you know, just a simple something humble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the flannel, I love it. Yeah, man. It's like, you know, it's it's such a stereotype, but I'm trying to, you know. Also in L.A., before you know it, it, it's chilly. Yes. You need to have a layer. Exactly. You need to have something on yes. your arms. Yes. You know, I like to be chill and comfortable, uh, but, and then a Melody Ashani um, ring, which is sort of like oh, a big wow. sort of like costume yeah. thing that says rich, which to me, I think about being rich in spirit, you know, yeah. versus like, you know, just about the money and all those kind of things. But, um, but yeah, I try to be uh, yeah. comfortable, but fashion forward fashion at the same forward. time. Yeah. Right? What does rich in spirit mean to you? Who, um, balance. Yeah. I think. Uh, and having a village uh, of people that really celebrate you, even when there's not something in particular to be celebrated. Mm. And also to be happy, to be doing what you were put on this planet to do. Yes. And then it's also like being okay with being happy. Mm-hmm. I was telling someone yesterday, like That's the real. last month or so for me just has been good. Professionally, mm-hmm. personally, life has felt good. good. And, and like, you know, when things are good, we're like, oh, this is too good. Something bad oh, has to happen. That's, Why are things this good? My girlfriend has that. that really? A, she sometimes does that. Yeah. I've tried to like, I think she might say, because I'm sort of, she might say I'm the optimist and she's the pessimist. Mm-hmm. But I think we rubbed off on each other a little bit in terms of, and, I've, and I think, but she, I don't know if she would say she's a pessimist. She's a realist. Okay. And so I think that creeps in a little bit. And for me, I'm just sort of like, yeah, but how, happiness is fleeting. So So, it's like when it comes, like sit in it. it. Because you know what? If you always are waiting for the other shoe to drop, it will. There you go. Like shoes going to drop. That's going to (laughs) happen. Chips, I like to always say, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's like, I believe our steps are ordered. Okay. Um, Every experience is worth having. Uh Uh-huh. Even the bad ones. Yeah. Because... It tells us something about who we are. It tells mm-hmm. us something about the energy we're sending out. It tells us something about the lessons that we still have to learn. Yeah. It tells us something about the lessons we haven't learned yet um, yeah. that we thought we did. I hear you. I like this. Yeah. Didn't know we were going to go there, but I, I love it. We're getting very Iyama. You know? <laughs> I was just thinking, fix my life. Or, 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 or like, oh, dear, white people would say, set me straight. <laughs> <laughs> what is the, what is the, what's the fake scandal oh, show on the oh, defamation? defamation. <laughs> oh, my God. When Justin said that to me, I was like. I, who made that up? Justin. Okay, it's Justin, amazing. That's all him, you know. Well, I mean, I think I mean I can't say how much the writers' room yes. has to do with it, but I know he he likes to poke fun at like stuff like that, yeah. and and I think too it's like he's not, you know, he's not laughing at black culture. He's really kind of like saying less together, as yeah, a laughing group, with, make yeah, light of exactly. the things that we tend to become obsessed yeah. with. And at this point, scandal deserves a little ridicule. Like when it yeah. started, I was like, <laughs> this is wow, oh, groundbreaking. We were like, this is the best thing since yeah. sliced bread. And then, like, 
pretty much after they low-key sold Olivia Pope into slavery. Remember that? Wait, was that? Line where she, she was yeah. ransomed yeah. and kidnapped, and that all these nations were bidding for her, and then it was not even real. And I, and then, oh, yeah. And she, like, had sweated her weave out, so it was just, like, her natural. Oh, remember, she was, like, a I mess. remember that. I remember that. And after that was on, I was like, you know what? you like, I can't. You know, yeah. I can't with this. It's like in Grey's Anatomy. I had to stop watching Grey's after Katherine Heigl's character tried to give CPR to a deer. Oh, see, I stayed on after that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that wasn't my limit. Um, yeah, I was still in there. Okay, so you I, rose I, please, Shonda. I, I mean, come on, I can't not. I mean, the thing I do, I will say, I mean, you got to, Shonda's really good at doing a, hitting a reset button, you know, yes. because and doing it in a very entertaining way. I mean, the fact that, like, she kind of cleaned house by having a character come in and shoot up the hospital and so she gets to kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. She gets to breathe a little bit more life into the show. Yeah. And also get rid of people that she probably, you know, didn't need on the show there or certain go. characters. And so it's like they got like high ratings, all this kind of stuff. And then she's rid of people that oh, she's a pro. Me. It's like she is Olivia Pope. <laughs> yes. It's like that's yes. handled. Yeah. Thank done. you and good night. Exactly. Speaking of a writer like Shonda Rhimes, talk me through some of your what kind of writer are you? I was reading somewhere that you decided when you were seven years old mm-hmm. that you wanted to be a TV writer. Right. One, I know. talk about that. How weird is that? It's a little weird. How do you, I'm trying to think of my seven-year-old self. Could I even conceptualize someone writing that stuff? I think um, for me, well, I, I definitely asked a lot of questions as a kid, but I think a big thing for me was I was so obsessed with television. and not What no, shows? I mean, here's the deal. I grew up, I'm, I'm 30, I just turned 33. So I was very lucky in terms of when I was a kid. I was born in 84. Um, so was I. Okay, see. So it's like, so in the 90s, like that era is like yes. when I'm like, you know, really awa- hyper aware yeah. of what I'm watching, all that kind of stuff. And when we were kids, we didn't have that weird thing about no screens until this age. Oh, uh, we like, were like, no, n- no TV during the week. Oh, my mom, I was, my mom was raised by a single mom, and I lived with my grandmother. So my grandmother watched TV 24 hours a day, and my mom was like off at some job or on yeah. a date with somebody at, at any time of the day. So, and my sister was two years older than me, so she kind of was doing her own thing. So I really spent a lot of time watching TV with my grandmother and then watching uh-huh. TV by myself. Um, and my aunt was, my mom's sister was also a big avid television watcher. Yeah. She was also really into movies, so she kind of like would take me to go see movies that I was like way too young to see. They took me to go see <laughs> Love Jones when I was 12. Like I oh, saw, Love Jones gets hot and heated. Oh, yeah. I was twelve, but because it was shot in Chicago, she was like, "You should watch oh. this." She, I saw Ferris Bueller when I was really young. Huh. Um, she, t- my best friend's wedding. I remember going to see that in the theater. That's such a good movie. Yeah, and a lot of it, she really got hyped up on things that were shot in the city where I lived in. She was uh. so she would take me to go see those movies and go like, "They shot that here." I was sort of almost creating this weird, interesting pride in my city and also totally. production there. And I'm so happy because I think my mom was like, "Look." There's stuff happening in these movies and TV shows that you should not repeat and you should see or shouldn't know. But just like, look, I can't, I'm not going to be a hover parent. I don't have that luxury. Yeah. So like, you can watch it. And also she, they would, my family would curse around me and she was like, just don't repeat it. But of course I did and I wouldn't. <laughs> and I'm really grateful because I know how to curse and I know how to be. And I think they really kind of gave me a certain level yeah. of swag, like watching all those things. Going back to it, I think watching Obsessed with a Different World, Obsessed yeah. with the Cosby Show in a real way. As I got older, I really got into mimicking like Martin living single. Becoming wait, super wait, wait, obsessed. wait! You can't say mimic Martin and not mimic some Martin. Oh my God! Give I me mean, some Martin. To, well, here's the deal. I like I like to do a lot of his the characters he would do. Shanae, which is Shanae. Okay. Um, Can you do Shanae? Okay, like here's like here we go. So this is her. <laughs> so whenever she goes to cuss that corner and sees her not too favorite people, uh-huh. which are Pam and and uh, and Gina, uh-huh. she's like, "Well, looky, looky. <laughs> if it isn't Little Miss Bourgeoisie, 
uh-huh, Gina. Okay? And you should back up because you know what a good it feels like. Yeah, because I don't like you no way. Okay? I got piston tickets, okay? Front row. Oh, you want these tickets? Oh, you want these tickets? Okay, you got to come work in my shop for a whole day. I mean, she's like, she's like, she's like, three, two, one. Eh, eh, deal is off. Deal is off. I mean, he's like, excuse me, I got a little case of insubordination. I mean, I was just like, I, it, it just never. That was, can I just give you a snapshot? Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yes. I, I would like, I, I mean, if, if I want my girlfriend sitting here right now, she'd be like, this is my life on a daily basis. <laughs> like, I, I'm upset. Like, and also, and I think that's honestly, because a lot of people say, you know, did you want to be an actor? Or you, and, I, and I really did not. I, did, I had no aspirations of it. You wanted to write. Yeah, I wanted to write. But I think what the acting thing is sort of born out of is me watching things and mm. mimicking them. Like, and, okay. and, and sort of saying, I literally, I would, a character would say something on TV and I would say it back to them huh. that's what I would sit and do like as a young person just like watch these things yeah. again and again and again it was like repetition alright time for a break stick around to hear Lena run me through this amazing list of black women in Hollywood who helped Lena get her start alright BRB Support for NPR and the following message come from WordPress.com. With powerful site-building tools and thousands of themes to choose from, WordPress.com lets their users pursue what they love by launching a site that's free to start with room to grow. Their customer support team is made of actual WordPress experts who are standing by to help you 24 hours a day, including weekends. And WordPress users own their content forever. Get 15% off any new plan purchase at wordpress.com slash minute. Mitch McConnell has become a champion for conservatives. But back in the day, he once got support from groups like labor unions. I marked it down as one of the worst things I've ever done in my life. So you thought about it over the years. Oh, I still think about it. Every time I see his face. Mitch McConnell, a new series from Embedded. Subscribe now. So then, okay, child growing up in Chicago, loving Mm -hmm. TV, wanting to write. Mm -hmm. Walk me through how you get to L.A. I got to L.A. through Columbia College because they have something called the semester in L.A. Because the truth is, obviously, people that go to Columbia have aspirations of being in some sort of, well, not all, but there's a lot of, they have a a major where you can major in writing and producing and television, which I majored in. I, uh, they had this semester, and a lot of it, they're really trying to get people to go to Los Angeles. That's sort of their mission. Huh. If you, you know, if you're a television writer, screenwriter, they're like, there's only so far you can get into yeah. Chicago. The cool thing is there's a lot of production happening in Chicago now, so a lot of those students, I think, are getting yeah. a lot of gigs. It's a good place to shoot. Yeah, they shoot. It looks yeah. like a city. Oh, yeah, it looks like Such a city. Such majestic architecture. Yeah, it's great. And, um, so, yeah, so they... They have this semester, and you have to finish. Have to have a certain amount of credits mm-hmm. finished, and all this kind of stuff to do it. And so I was like, uh, I don't know. I was on the fence about leaving Chicago for some weird reason. You like even Chicago though, even a lot. Though, yeah, and, I, and my family's still there, and my home base was Where there. Where in Chicago? Well, I grew up in, uh, on the south side of Chicago. Yeah, I live with my grandmother, and then we moved to Evanston. So very different experience. Very different experience. Um, but my mom went there for the schools. Like literally, you know, yeah. she was like, "We gotta, you can't keep going to school here." Were you like <laughs> the only black kid in your class in Evanston, or no? No, it was. We were definitely the minority, okay. but it was. It was. Was a mix. I mean, it was predominantly white, but mm-hmm. you know, we had but we had Latino kids, Indian kids, Asian kids. So we, that was a really cool thing, actually, nice. the fact that it was diverse in that way. Yeah. Um, and you know, we loved it. I loved it. I went to middle school there, and I went to high school. I went to Evanston Township High School. Nice. Um, which was which was a wonderful. I don't think I'd be sitting here right now if I didn't go to that high school and have that experience, because I think my mentality would have been different. Um, in that the teachers there assume you're all going to college. Mm. 
Okay. If I went to high school at, you know, some other public schools in, on the south side of Chicago where I was living that was in my quote-unquote zone. They'd be like, we're happy you graduated high school. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. And um, and the teachers in the episode were a little bit tougher and were a little bit okay. like, okay, so where are the college applications? Yeah. Um, and my mom was on that, too. That was okay. a big thing for her as well. But I think that's a reason why she was like, I got to kind of yeah, get yeah. you yeah. over here. Yeah. And it was great. Um, so then, LA. So yeah, what so semester you, are you in LA? Like sophomore, junior, senior? What no, year? my last. It was Your my last. La- I made it my last semester okay. because a couple, a couple people had done it, like junior year, senior year, and they they come back to Chicago. But I remember one girl because she had done the semester in LA and she loved it. Yeah. But she was like, my advice: make it your last mm. thing because that way you stay out there and can keep working. Exactly. And she was like, because because she did it and then obviously came back and uh-huh. told me all about it and that kind of made me go, hmm, I kind of want to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Mary Stanislaw, she okay. did it, and Shout so out. she was like, uh, what she doing? Now. She, I think, well, I think she's back in Chicago, but she was out here for a while. And that's a tough thing. It, it is a, you know, I sometimes, I think, it, you know, it's not lost on me that I'm very blessed and that yeah. my journey has taken me yeah. to, and also, you know, my drive has got me to where I am. Yeah. A lot of people were out here and like, you know. Oh, that's the LA story. Go back. I mean, yeah. can I tell you like a real thing that happened? Yes. Like some real shit? Yeah. That was like something out of a movie. So I, in this semester in LA, there uh-huh. was a, a guy who, and we actually both went to Evanston Township High School. Oh, wow. Just Did you know him there? A little bit. Okay. We didn't run in the same circles, okay. but you know, I yeah. knew it was like, so we saw each other and we dismissed in LA together. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, but he was more of an actor than anything, you okay. know, too, trying to act, right? So we did this much. That was in 06. Yeah, fast forward to a couple weeks ago, I had people over and um, yeah, so, you know, I had some folks over at my house, some friends, and we post made it. We postmates, you know, yeah. that's oh, all yeah. we post made some food. My postmates guy no. was him, it was wow. I mean, it was just such a thing, and and I. Oh my goodness! And we didn't like really, you know. I mean, we acknowledged. We were like, uh, were you like, dude. I was just like, oh hey, and he was like, like, hey. What do you say in that moment? Nothing. There's nothing really you can say, and it was just, it was such a a jolt of like, oh my goodness. I think for me and him, for both sides, you know, it's just like, um, you know, it is just. It, it was just in like my crib, and he could see. It was just like a whole. It was just yeah. like something out of a freaking movie. And it's so LA, cause like so LA, dog. I live in DC now, and okay. like if you want to work in politics, you can find a job in politics. Mm-hmm. There's something there for you, right? Like you can staple someone's papers in some office, somewhere, yeah, right? So like job. you're gonna get a job. Yeah. But in LA, if you want to work, in, like if you want to act, it's it's, it's, it's just a combination like, of. Luck, yes. God, yes. talent. Yeah, and so brain, LA yeah. is full of these brilliant, beautiful, motivated people mm-hmm. serving you food and drink. Yeah, it's such a weird thing. Yeah, it's and every and everybody thing. is like got a, a, a like cause very few people are from here. Uh huh. So it's like most people like you know you start off well I'm from so and so yeah I've been out here for so many years and also too there's no seasons here so like oh, yeah. time flies by yeah and um. You know, it just it's a kind of it's the kind of city that can swallow you up if you let it. Exactly. And um and I was just determined to not, yeah. you know, swallow it up. But yeah. I but I remember before I came out here, a lot of my family, like one of my uncle my gay one of my gay uncles, uh, I have two. Uh Blessed. we never said well, we never said the two word gay, gay ever, you know, at at Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah we're gonna talk word. about that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so crazy. One was a hairdresser, one was a flight stewardess, but like never never ever had any spouses or anything apparently. Um And the family wasn't like, so No. Just not discussed. No. One and literally is a hairdresser. The other is a flight attendant. I mean, no when it's... I say that, people are like, are you joking? I'm like, nope. 
They both still do that, by the way. Huh. Um, but they're, but they're more like, and it's like like play uncles, and that like yeah. one of them used to do my mom's hair, so he would come over, yeah. and the other yeah. is like the brother of one of my aunt's boyfriends. Gotcha. So you know, it's like, gotcha. but you know, it's like they'd be at the house. I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I started to say when he when I was leaving, he was like, you got to go out there and like take it over. He's like, you got to go out there and really, and I'll yeah. never forget those little things, like mm-hmm. him saying to me, he's like, you're gonna go out there and really, you know run the town. Yeah. And I was like, really? That's the vibe you get? And he's like, yeah. And so I was like, okay. So just like little things like that and like my professor uh, at the time who like read a girlfriend spec I wrote in his class and he, he like winked at me I before I walked out. He was like, yeah. And you ended you up writing something. for girlfriends, right? No, I was an assistant to one of the showrunners gotcha. of my girlfriends. Okay, okay. Which is like, one of the best shows of all time. I mean, come on. Like, I was writing Spectres for that show. Like, yeah, I knew it so like good. the back of my hand. This is, and, and like, I hate that we live in a country where we love series sitcoms dramas about women friendships uh-huh girls sex in the city yep. the list goes I'm trying on trying to get one on there myself yeah mm-hmm. why can't we acknowledge that girlfriends was one of the best there was Dude. i feel like it's so slept on i know i think and i think it's because was it maybe it's because of the network that it began was on was it upn started on upn oh, and yeah. then turned into the cw oh yeah um you know it's hard you know when mm-hmm. you're on a network like that i think when people sort of like don't take seriously yeah. and yeah um but that being said it's like big ups tomorrow for like really like mm-hmm. pushing and trying to make something smart and interesting and it was really smart it was yeah really smart. And, and just like special and timely yeah. and yeah and uh and people still mess with it oh yeah okay so you're here for the semester right does it work out well? Like, do you land a job as soon as that's done? No. Or what? What's, your, what's the timeline? You land an internship. You, you okay. can, That's easy to find. You know, like, okay. you know. Actually, I don't Unpaid know. I think, I think Not paid. Oh. But I think it actually more be more difficult now. Because okay. I'm very blessed at the time I came out here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was like 06. And yeah. you can still get an internship. So I started interning at um, Edmonds Entertainment. At what the did time, they do? Which was, that was Tracy, Tracy Edmonds, Edmonds and Kenny Baby Face. Baby yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they're div- are they're, they're they still work together. They still work together. Okay. They were they were divorced at that time. Gotcha. But um but yeah, they were like they had enter I would come in there and like do little odd things yeah. and like go on like the shoots for the reality shows they were pitching, little stuff like that. Okay. And I interned there for like way longer than one should because I got comfortable and <laughs> yeah. it was cool. Um and then and then I started working in reality television, which a lot of people do. Whoa. To like, you know, because and, and by that I mean I would watch footage of like the real world Australia <laughs> and just like transcribe what was happening so the editors could like pick and choose from like different cuts and like Whoa. yeah that's what I did for like a couple years cause so like, were you just like just I went to college from for 6 p.m. to 3 a.m. I did that for like gotta be like a year or some change did you like that? I, you know I like the people that I sat <laughs> okay. next to okay. and like you know what I'm that's saying that's diplomatic it was like you know it was just such a but you know also I like the fact that I finally it was a job where I could pay my rent yeah. and like my stuff it was yeah. it was very it made me independent okay um, and then during the day I would intern again to uh, go pay uh, at this literary agency so how many hours were you putting in oh man the literary agency was in Beverly Hills from 9am to 5 and the transcribing job was in the valley so that's an hour drive oh, yeah. to 6 <laughs> to like 2 3 in the morning and then you had to be back at work at 9 and go back yeah and I just was like, and just on that four hundred five. Oh, Ugh. living there. Ugh. I just, but I just remember like, I know this is gonna pay off at some point. Like, but I think that's a big thing for me. And I don't think I was even really able to. Well, on the weekends, I would try to like write and whatever. Yeah. But I was just like, this has to. Pay. I have to like be wow. good at what I'm doing. Otherwise, this is just like torture. Yeah. This is cruel and unusual punishment. So then, what happens after that? What happened was that agency that only rep television writers. It's a very huh. unique agency. Yeah. But it's also a good starter agency for a lot of like mm-hmm. television writers. You got some skills. I was like, I hope they'll like me enough that they'll give me a, an assistant gig working for one of their clients or something. Yeah. Sure enough, one day in the office, I'm like at the front desk doing what I normally do. And they go, okay, so the woman who runs Girlfriends, which is not Mara because she's running 
the game, but she has a yes. young woman that came up came up under her that's going to run the show. Needs a new assistant. Huh. Like, do you want to go? We want we, we can get you an interview. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Um. So I went in and I was just like very confident. Yeah. Because I because I knew the show. I was like I was like I remember sitting and I was like none of y'all know the show better than me. None of y'all. And one of them was a young lady who I'm friends with now, but was like was the writer's PA the year before that. Like, she oh, was wow. up for that gig. And I beat them. I got all. They were like, you got it. And so. And that's when it all began. That was my journey, like being on that set and okay. like doing all that, and just like I was in heaven. Like I'm, yeah. like, I'm like walking Tracy Ellis Ross's dog. I'm sitting at the run throughs Wait, what's Tracy Ellis's dog's name? Well, her dog. This dog has since passed away, uh, um, but her name was Ladybug. I love it. A great dog. Kind of dog? She, oh crap! Was it a? I don't want to get it wrong. It might have been a shit. I don't know. It wasn't okay. a shit. I don't tiny know. I can't thing. remember. It was a tiny okay. dog, though. A really sweet dog. Tracy Ellis Ross seems like the coolest, nicest person. She's really in sweet. The world. Funny, gorgeous, like. Very, you know, to be raised in, in the way that she was and to and be, be as, like, as grounded as and, she like, is. very, you know, in yeah. touch with folks is, like, yeah. I think a real testament to her mom. Yeah. Anyway, this ain't about her. It's about you. <laughs> Girlfriends and then what? I got a call uh, from Mara's assistant, you know, her then mm-hmm. former assistant. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, we got, you know, uh, Mara's best friend needs an assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, and she recommended you. And I was like, oh, snap. Because I wasn't even working directly for Mara. Mara oh. would just see me on set running yeah. around. yeah. And um and uh, and her best friend of course was Gina Prince Bythewood, and she mm. needed an assistant for her post on Secret Life of Bees. Yeah. So I went interviewed. It was phenomenal at her house. Met her. You see, like the poster of love and basketball and like all oh, this kind wow. of stuff. And so I went interviewed and started working for her. And she's been like my you know industry mother. She always wow. joke, well I had you in my teens, um, <laughs> ever since. And so um and then while I was working for her, Gina was like okay. So there's this woman who's directing her first movie, and we know she she needs some help as from PA or some assistant type of place. And I was just like, we think you'd be great, okay? And that was Ava DuVernay. Wow! And that was like, I will follow, and I would yeah. work on that movie. Which movie? That was her first I, movie. Okay. I will follow. Yeah. Um, worked on that, and then she and I have been tight. Is she the homie? She is. Wow. Which is a phenomenal thing to have, and I'm grateful to the bike. And I love how like your story is full of like black women helping other black Absolutely. women. Absolutely, that's mm-hmm. that's good. And it's the thing that I really took on, and like you know, try to pay it forward. And yeah. as I was driving here today, I was talking to one of my mentees and like helping him. Like he's doing, he did a spec of blackish, speaking mm-hmm. of Tracy Ellis Ross, yeah. full circle, and um, just telling him like about ways to implement notes he's gotten yeah. from his writers group um, that we've helped form and, and try to help him how to figure out how to do rewrites. Yeah, and so you transitioned at some point from assisting to writing. And right. Did you, you wrote what shows have you written for? I've only written on two, and and they could not be more different. One was a Nickelodeon show that only lasted one season what called Nickelodeon How to Rock. Show? Was it which good? Symphonique Miller was the lead, which is Masterpiece Daughter. Oh, right. You know what? Masterpiece kids have. They're like they're like because like, isn't isn't Little Romeo his kid too? Yep. Mm-hmm. Little Romeo's like talented. He, he's like yeah, he's out here, you know, making funds, man. Yeah. Like they're doing stuff. They stay busy. So Symphony had a show you wrote for that. Yeah, I wrote on that and then I wrote The Shy. It was, it was called Shy Rack before, but now it's called The Shy. This is your new Showtime yeah, yeah, series. That eventually yeah. later would ultimately, yeah. you know, uh land at Showtime. How did Aziz happen? Aziz and Master happened of None. because after I while I was on the set of, of Dear White People the feature, I got a call from my then manager that said Allison Jones wants to have a meeting with you. And this is like a legendary casting. Mind director. you, I didn't know who she was. I didn't know. Oh. Like, I you know I didn't know casting director. She's cast every. She cast. Well, she cast Bridesmaids. She cast. She Fritz cast America's Geeks. The Office. She, she cast. She cast. Did she cast Fresh Prince of Bel Air? She did. <laughs> it's amazing. She did. She's like yeah. a crazy resume. But I just didn't know. I didn't know who that was. I was like, and he was like, mm, she's a pretty famous, you know, casting director. I was like, why does the casting director want to meet me? I'm not yeah. like casting anything. Yeah. So, but he was like, I don't know. Just you should go. So I was like, okay. So I went, and sure enough, she had sort of seen 
me in interviews and seen some of my, some of my work. And yeah. she was like, are you interested? Do you have any interest in acting at all? Huh. And I was like, not really. I was like, not particularly. Yeah. And she's like, okay, well, let me bring you in for some stuff. And How'd I was you like, feel when she told you that? I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but we had a great conversation. We were okay. talking about TV. Obviously, yeah. she has great taste and things. So we just, so I just like, we just connected on yeah, that yeah. level. And sure enough, she did. She brought me in for a, a couple different things. And then one of them I booked, which was a small part on The Comeback, season two. Okay. Which was one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah. So I was very hyped about that. And Michael Patrick King directed me. I spent the afternoon with him and Lisa Kudrow, which was phenomenal. Lisa Kudrow seems like she's like always just hilarious. She's a genius person. Yeah. She's a genius I love person. It. I love it. Like, yeah. Genius. <laughs> um, yeah, so then I guess one day Aziz and Alan, because she was obviously casting their show, they asked her to send them interesting people hmm. for like to, to kind of talk yeah. to, not yeah. even like really read. So by the grace of God, she mentioned me. And I wow. went to Aziz's house <laughs> and sat and talked huh. to him and Alan for like 30 minutes. Like I didn't have it. I didn't know he had a show. I didn't know what it was about. I didn't <laughs> Yeah, we just like go to his house. Just go to his house and talk to him. And that's why I was like, well, it's coming the meeting is coming from Allison's office. So yeah. it has to be active. But I'm like, but casting. I'm not reading anything for them. It was rich. It, it so was, they just had you talk about you? Yeah, it was just talked about what was going on in my life. I just what did you tell with them? my girlfriend. Okay. So I was like, well, you know, made out with her. Now she's my everything. That's happening. <laughs> and just being silly and just being myself. Yeah. And um, and then I got a call after that to say, okay, he wants you to read with him. Okay. And so then I finally got some size. I didn't get a full script, but okay. And so and I asked, like, can I play with this with the script? And like, and they were like, yeah, sure, why not? Like write some stuff. Yeah, it. write some stuff just to add some things to give it some flavor or whatever. Yeah. So I did, and so that meant that Aziz wasn't aware of what I was going to say back to him when I sat down to read. Oh. So I saw so this. I come in. I, now we're in Allison's office, and, yes. Um, and I'm sitting with Aziz, and Alan Yang is there, and Allison's there. Um, and uh, it's somewhat of empty room, which is always preferred, you know, mm-hmm. when you're auditioning. And so I start with him, and we're, we're going, and he's just like cracking up the little things I'm saying and I'm saying back and yeah. Alan's laughing Allison's digging it and you can just feel from that moment mm-hmm. like okay there's something here um, it's so cool too because Allison has somewhere on tape like me and Aziz reading it up for the first time really and I'd love to see it because like it's I mean you could just feel like there's just a natural yeah. kinship there. and you weren't scared no Okay. I wasn't. Maybe it's because I, they let me play with the words yeah. myself. So and, it was you. And then we, yeah, and then we ad libbed a little bit. One nice. of the scenes where Aziz just kind of started riffing. I was kind of started going with them. And uh, can you recall a certain ad lib? Yeah, one of which was like, "Yeah, man." Like I, said, I remember saying "thought." <laughs> for him, those, for listeners that don't know, this is NPR. That the, those hoes, that hoes, that hoe over, over there, that hoe over there, which we bring back in the Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes, so Kim Whitley says it beautifully. And, and Aziz has a great little comeback. It's an acronym. So great. Um, so, oh, it's an acronym. I remember watching that with somebody. They were dying. They were like, oh, it's an acronym. Yeah. It's so funny. So, so I said that, and he cracked. He was like the fact, like the fact that I was actually explaining something to him that he didn't know yeah. while we're ad libbing. Because now he's kind of like, I'm not. I'm genuinely having a conversation with you again, like yes, in this yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that, and then, and I remember like making a joke about like you need to like don't date a Cassie. You don't, you know, you got you to find you a like Cassie. Like PGD's Cassie? Yeah. She's beautiful. And she's gorgeous. But I said something, I was like, are you going to get a Cassie? You get a Cassie, that means you set for life. Some shit, I said. <laughs> and he was just like, what? He was like, who are you right now? So then we came, then I came back, I read again. We were a little bit more on the book okay. that time. Okay. And then the next, I got a call to come test. Yeah. Um, Which is like really awkward. You go in, they film you and all these mm-hmm. people are there. It's great. Um, and then like like not even like a week later they called That's and said right. we want you to come be a part of the show and they gave you the role of Denise which was mm-hmm. originally meant for a white straight woman that might have been his love interest I think they didn't all they knew was they wanted a girl in okay. the crew and okay. I think when they when the thing about that girl I don't think they necessarily thought she was going to be black or that she would be a lesbian yeah. but I think to, such kudos to them because I think they met me and they were like okay well she's the one 
let's alter the role to her. Yeah. And I think they kind of thought, oh, that's actually an interesting perspective of like, even though, because I think it would have been cool if they had a straight woman kind of giving like a perspective from the other side. I think they kind of had that with Lakshmi, who's now in season two. Oh, yeah. A little bit more, but... Yeah. I think they kind of got a kick out of it. But I remember coming in for the first table read and they still hadn't decided. And Aziz was like... If you're going to be straight or gay in the yeah. show? Yeah. And Aziz was huh. like, well, we're thinking maybe she'll be a lesbian. And I was like, I'm not mad at that. Yeah. Would you have felt comfortable playing a straight woman? Totally. Because I think it would have been funny. You know How what I'm so? saying? Like my cadence and my vibe or whatever. I was, I'm not going to like wear like a skirt and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So to yeah. me, it could have been... And also too, there are some women who are more masculine than feminine that yes. are straight. Yes. You know? Totally. So I wouldn't have minded. But, yeah. but also too... Looking back at it now, and this didn't really come up in our conversation, but we weren't aware at the time of how little representation there was of queer people of color mm-hmm. on television. So in doing it, you know, I think we got a couple of rounds of applause about it, but it was not conscious. It was just sort of, oh, this is who I am. We this like is how you. I walk in the world. And they were like, we respond to this. Yeah. And um, and that's why it was so cool that the reception of the character, especially yeah. first season, obviously second season too, um, uh, has been so warm and kind and people just really... Like, they just really like Denise. They love Denise. And, I mean, let's, so let's talk about, I mean, for me, my favorite episode of the series thus far, the Thanksgiving episode. Oh, thank you so much. Which I'm sure you've been hearing about how much people love it. It's really good. I guess we should give a spoiler alert for those that haven't watched it. Sure. If you, if you haven't watched it yet, listeners, pause this. But, like, how have you not that, watched it? Right? I mean, how have you not watched come it? Come on, dog. But no, like, check it out, please. It's so good. So the whole premise of this episode, basically, is you, your character, Denise, mm-hmm comes out to her mother mm-hmm. over the course of like several Thanksgiving dinners. So to speak, yeah, there's one actual coming yes. out scene. Yes. But oh before that she's sort of <laughs> just being herself. Yeah. But not. Yeah. In a way. And Which is sort of I think, you know, most people most gay people's journey. That's the process. And and so like one, you got Angela Bassett to play your mother. I mean, come on. Phenomenal. Was your Icon. mom just like, oh my God, yes. Yeah. No, and it's funny because we were supposed to keep it like under wraps, but then uh-huh. Angela, somebody asked her on a red carpet at the Emmys of oh. all places. So what do you have coming up next? Like, oh, I'm going to play, I'm going to go be on Master of None, play Denise's mom. But we didn't care. It was fun. So, yeah. so then that came out. And so that's how my mom actually found out So what out did your mom it. say? She was just like, oh my God, that's amazing. She was so obsessed. Yeah. I read somewhere that you and Disease both love Angela Bassett for many reasons, but in right. part because of her role in... The Jacksons. The Jackson American 5, Dream. American Dream. I love that miniseries. I mean, it's iconic. What's your favorite Angela Bassett line from that movie? Oh, well, I mean, the go-to is like, I don't want you, yes, I, don't I don't want, want you, you, I don't want, want you, you no more. I love and that. It's amazing. Yeah. So this episode, I was watching it actually on the plane coming back from somewhere, so I'm weeping on the plane. Oh my gosh. Um, I didn't even know it was available on planes. So with Netflix now, you can download stuff oh, and watch it later. There we go. So See, you about that new sh- Okay. You know, that new got new, you. That new got new you. Sh- yeah. But, like, it's so poignant. How much of that is straight up your life and how much of that is you and Aziz, like, writing something? The only thing that's not my life is uh, I don't have an Indian uh, boy that I grew up with. <laughs> and smoke weed in the, in the room. Right. <laughs> and I, don't, I did not bring home my nipples and toes. Uh, For those that don't know, Nipples and Toes 23 is the Instagram account of one, one of, of your girls thoughts. That I'm t- okay, what? We, she's not a thought to my character. She's a <laughs> lovely young lady. But, but okay, I'm, unbiased opinion. Is she a, she a thought-ish, oh, thought-esque? You know, ish. <laughs> ish. You know, we all have those moments, though, in we our do, lives. We do. Um, yeah, but er- everything other than, I mean, everything from the Lebanese thing, which I genuinely said when I came out to my friends. You called yourself Lebanese. Yeah, and that was, Aziz thought was hilarious, <laughs> um, which my friends at the time thought was kind of silly, too. They were like, yeah. what? Um, 
I mean, the grandmother stuff. Kim's character is a Kim Whitley, who I think is an unsung hero of Hollywood oh God, and yes. of this episode. She's a combination of a lot of my mom's friends. Okay. You know, who are like play aunts, you know, yeah. to me. You yeah. know, um, but literally like I took like three of her friends, like put the things that they said to her like in one person's mouth. Yeah. So yeah, but she's such it's such she's a so it good. really became she became such a great character, yes. you know. What does she do with this? There's twice where she yells at disease. Oh my god. <laughs> was the she's second like, time over the We yams. know it's in the damn yams. <laughs> And she's like, got the nipples, got the toes. (laughs) She's like, so great. All right, one more break here. When we come back, we'll talk more about Lena's Emmy-winning work on the Thanksgiving episode of Master of None. BRB. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Verbo. Finding the perfect vacation home is hard. You start off looking for a beach house big enough for six and wind up watching videos of surfing dogs. Verbo's got you covered, matching you to the perfect place to stay for your getaway every time. Download the Verbo app, V-R-B-O, and put an end to frustrating vacation searches. Discover everything from condos and cabins to villas and castles. Let Verbo find a home that matches you. I'm Jesse Thorne. Timothy Simons played Jonah Ryan on HBO's Veep. On a show known for its insults, has anybody... Got more of them than Jonah. If the cruelty registered, our show would be an hour and 15 minutes long because every scene would be like, excuse me, you can't speak to me that way. This week on Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. Oh my Was God. it hard to write something that's so your life? And also, like, if I can recall correctly... Aziz really pushed you to write this. Right. I was just like, because that's the thing, thing too. I try to keep that kind of stuff separate. Yeah. You know, like, um, I like a lot of people say, oh, you're writing something for yourself. I don't tend to write for myself. Hmm. Things I write, even if they, they may be semi-autobiographical, yeah. and, but I like the idea of other actors coming in and helping to bring these characters to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the acting things, and um, whether it be like on The Comeback, obviously, or Master of None, and I just recently filmed a, a, a movie last year, I like being just the, the actor mm. and, and that being my yeah. job and that being my focus. So yeah. this is actually the first time I've written something and starred in it. Huh. So uh, just because I, I, I always tell people, I'm like, I don't have the Tina Fey or the Issa Rae or the Lena Dunham yeah. gene. Like, yeah. I don't feel the need to, like, write something and be in it. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I think that's beautiful and dope. Totally. Hello, Donald Glover and Aziz Ansari. Yes. Um, but I, I just, it's not my jam. Okay. So that's why I was a little bit. And also, too, I had a, I mean... My plate was really full at that yeah, time. Yeah. Um, and trying to still trying to get my series picked up at the time it had not officially been picked up or at Showtime. Yeah. I was about to go film a movie in London. And they had you actually write in a hotel room in London. I was right? well, you well, Aziz came to London. To now, write I, this with you. I don't know if it was that was the only reason. I think he just kinda he likes to travel. But I think <laughs> that didn't hurt, you know, because I was in London filming something. Okay. And so <laughs> he came to London to play, but also, you know, he, he got you know, he was staying at a hotel, a really cool hotel, and I um I went to his hotel room. We just like sat for a couple of days. It took you a few days, right? Yeah, this. to to write it. We had we had a great outline, okay. um, and so that's what we were sort of going off of, and and then sort of just sort of going back and forth or whatever. But then when we sat when we actually sat down, it was about three days huh. to bang it out. Yeah. Um, and it was in a lot. I mean, I would say like eighty five percent or not. It was like it's like that we wrote in London is in the, is in is in the episode. Yeah, and we tweak things on set here and there, but. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of stuff, a lot of scenes that, like, Dev wasn't in, he would, like, get up and, like, walk away. like And, like, I would be in there by myself alone with my memories and just really recalling it yeah. and, and 
and and being just super honest. And that's the rule that I go by in Total Disease. Is it really honest? Is it really true? And, you know, and we really have fun with it. And there's a lot of cool little quiet scenes in there that I really that's like. That's beautiful. Like when, when, when Angela Bassett's character has Denise's girlfriend come in and, and like, help mm-hmm. make the food. Right. Like, oh, this is, she's warming up the beginning. It's yeah. Happening. It's slow, but yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah. Was it hard to act that episode? No. I mean, you know, it was a lot of fun kind of with the being with the kids like you know and like tweaking that because then i just felt like a writer on set yeah. you know um but the biggest scene was obviously the coming out scene at the diner but even that like i had a little bit of butterflies but i felt very safe in angela's arms and like you know she was fantastic and uh you know and also the, the way they put it in the schedule it was a couple of days of us kind of working together so we you know it wasn't the first thing up yeah um but it really was liberating you know because some people say oh was it difficult having to come out again. I'm like, no, coming mm. out is hard. That yeah. was Do, recreating it in that way. It felt like a celebration of coming huh. out. Yeah. You know, yeah. it kind of honored it. Yeah. And it was, it was really great of you and the team to humanize a parent. Like yes. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times there's this conceptualization, either the parent loves the kids that, um, to come out or hates right. the kid mm-hmm. that comes out. Right. But it's usually somewhere in between. Yeah. And, they, and everyone loves their kid. Yeah. But there's one line Angela Bassett says where she's just like, I don't want life to be hard for you. Right. That was that was very beautifully nuanced. Yeah. You yeah, know? thank you. And because a big thing for me is I didn't want her to be a villain. Yeah. And, and she's not. Yeah. And, and, I, and my character's not a hero. Mm-hmm. You know, I am... Um, because I've, I, there's no rule book on what to do when somebody comes out to you, but there's not really a rule book on how to come out either. That's and I don't know if I was the expert at how, doing that because I was a little annoyed and frustrated that I had to, and yeah. I was happy that I got to write that in and like yeah. kind of. Um, but I think, but in hindsight, it kind of speaks to like me sort of feeling like, well, people should just know who I am, and, da, 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 and that's just sort of not that's that's also, also unfair they too. They didn't know. <laughs> you had to tell them, right? You know, <laughs> and I and I needed to say it out yes. loud. Yes. you know what I mean. Yeah. I think. And and I, and I, saw, I, saw, I also like the evolution of her coming out to herself sort of in a way and, and then doing that she comes out to her friend and yeah. then later, yes. you know, she feels comfortable, which is tr- really true. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and also it, it speaks to this fact that like you don't just come out once. you got to right. come out to this one, then to that right. one, then to that. It's, it's like it's yeah. a process. And from, and you... Yeah, because for me though, it was like that was the only person I really came really? out to. Yeah, okay. it was my mom. Yeah, I mean, well, my, I came out to my sister, which okay. that was not like, I didn't have a sister on the show, but so yeah, that was, and my friends. So it was sort of like a couple. But it wasn't. I didn't have. I don't. I still don't have a huge family. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, that was the one person that yeah. mattered. Yeah. The posters in Denise's childhood room. Mm-hmm. Two big ones. Uh, who were they? Jasmine Guy, Jennifer Aniston. Dime uh, pieces. Yeah, dimes, man. <laughs> we had Hallie up there too. Vanessa Williams. Got in there. Um, were those your real life childhood they, they were, Well, like, it's interesting. So I sent them pictures of my <laughs> room as a teenager. And also I shared a room with my sister, too. So our room was covered in posters. Like, really? I mean, Immature, Tony Braxton. Immature. I have like, not heard. I haven't thought of Immature in dude, years. my sister, obsessed. Wow. hmm So her room, all these boys and 
in my side, like Tony Braxton, <laughs> Halle Berry, yeah. and Tyra Banks. It's like, yeah. you would have thought, like, some, but it just goes to speak to, like, black people just, like, not having a lot of experience a with willful, gay people. Yeah. And, like, and, just, yeah. like, and, and, and there's also sometimes, like, this willful ignorance. Yeah. I don't want to, they don't want to know. It was so blatant and crazy. Like, huh. if, you, if you, thinking back on our room now, and, like, yeah. all of her stuff, and all my, hilarious. Like, yeah. it's silly. But they really took to that, and they were like, oh, this is really fun, and, uh... <laughs> But yeah, those were the people. Like my, like that was it. Yeah. It was like Hallie. We had a Karen Parsons um, post up there too because apparently Karen Parsons is a fan of the show. Oh. so she was down with us. You know, use her oh, image yeah. and then Regina King. We have a young picture of Regina oh, King up yeah. there who's also a fan of the show. So some of it was some head nods to people nice. who have been really nice. kind about the series. I love it. Um, and uh, yeah, and also it's a cool. Uh, and I haven't seen him, but Vanessa Williams' son. There's a barbershop he and I frequent, oh, nice. and he's a he's a fan of the show. So to it. me, it was sort of cool. It's like even though I was like Vanessa Williams was like a big part of my, but that's kind of a nice little always yeah. think of him because like, yeah. I've, I've seen him and he's like I like the show yeah so, speaking um, of 90s yeah. I was reading somewhere that when uh, when y'all were writing the episode you and Aziz were mm-hmm. playing some 90s R&B mm-hmm. what kind of stuff were y'all playing wow we were playing some L Cool J yeah um, like doing it and doing it and see Lounging's a better song for me yeah Lounging's lit um, we were playing like some Boys to Men some uh, I think I pulled up some SWV Mm. Some D'Angelo, I think we, I think. I brought the Brown Sugar plays a prominent yeah, role in the episode. Yeah, because I think we were trying to like find the music videos. That's what we were like. We were listening, watching music videos, and going like, what would they be watching? What would they yeah. be listening to? Yeah. Um, what were we actually listening to? And Aziz and I have a very similar like culture. Aziz is like low key black. He's freaking black as hell. What like, is that? How does that? What? I don't know. I don't know if it's because he was in the South or what he leaned more toward. He's also a soulful kind of yeah. dude. But him and his younger brother, Anise, they have very, like, black like, yeah. pop culture references. And I can tell it's real, because, like, there's a lot of folks that try to act like they get the black R. Kelly culture and they're does, performing yeah. it. But he's actually for real, like, yeah. in the culture. No, he knows. He's obsessed. He really is obsessed with He'll always be, every time I say, you heard the new Kanye? <laughs> I'm like, I, no, I haven't. What's, what's up? You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, he's so great that yeah. way. Sidebar. Nikki or Remy? Ooh. You know what? That's, ooh, that's actually tough. I liked Remy's uh, bars on her, like, her oh, first yeah. thing that she dropped. That was pretty lit. Yeah. Um, but and I, if you're going by just pound for pound and, like, putting numbers on the board, like, you can't deny, like, yeah. Nicki's prowess. I mean, Also, like, Nicki Minaj could rap Dr. Seuss lyrics from now to the end of time. Her verse on Monster... Is enough impeccable, and also I see I saw her live when oh, really? I was in, yeah when I was in New York filming season two uh, of Master of None. They, well, Jay Z, this sounds very hard. Jay Z and Beyonce did like a sort of a charity event at the Barclays, and so they had a lot of different like musicians come out, yeah. including Beyonce. But so Nikki was one of those people that came out, and she just like freaking came out and just like murdered it. Like she yeah. just like slayed. It's like the dope thing about her, which I think a lot of rappers sort of don't have. You can't really make out what they're saying, and you can't hear. Them. She enunciates. Her, her diction was so yes. phenomenal. Like yes. she just sounded really clear yeah. and. It was lit. Like, yeah. that's what you want. And also, too, the bars are really fun. Mm-hmm. The punchlines are really mm-hmm. funny. So, Nikki, yeah. we love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we do. We, lo- we love Remy, too. Remy, you know, I think both of them are queens. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, but in terms of yeah, yeah, yeah. numbers, yes. you can't. Numbers on the board. Yeah, can't you, deny. Can't, you can't deny it. Okay, so back to Master of None and the episode based on your coming out. As a black woman, I want to read something to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a piece by a young Latina writer, Ludi. Leva. I'm going to get her name right when I pronounce it later. But she wrote in Bustle, quote, 
I saw myself on the screen with her in almost every scene. I felt the heavy silences at the, at the table and sensed the forced conversation and visceral discomfort throughout the years. When her mother requested her silence, you know you can't tell your grandmother because she won't be able to handle this, I felt the suffocation of my own silence. I looked into Angela Bassett's dark, grieving eyes and saw my own mother's pain. Like, mm. how many people have seen themselves and their experience in this episode? I mean, the response has been overwhelming. I mean, people, young people, teenagers have uh, messaged me on, on Instagram. A lot of people have hit me up on Twitter. Hmm. I try to respond to as many people as I can. Um, a lot of people hit me up on Facebook and in, in, in the messages. Um, it's just been really beautiful and really wonderful. And I think it's it, the fire that I have in my belly remains, but it, it's thrown all kind of paper and wood and, yeah. you know, fluid on it. Like, because it just really makes me, I think what the resounding response to this episode is saying, I think to the industry and to me, is that we're ready for more stories mm. like this. Yeah. And we're ready for a Because people, I can't count how many people like, can we get a spinoff, whatever? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how realistic that is. But I, what I'm trying to do is really tell my story in the yes. way Aziz told his. Yeah. Um, and, and that those stories can be prestige television. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not just the stuff on those other networks, but like nah, prestige. Because that's, that's not even my brand. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's like, and... Uh, that's what I'm really pushing and fighting yeah. and still grinding. Yeah. You know, and also trying to make sure, you know, I don't, my voice doesn't get watered down, you know, because there are instances in which like some places are sort of like, oh, mm-hmm. we prefer this person's voice to mm-hmm. yours, but it's, you know, but you're the face of it. You know what I mean? So it's like, but for me, it's about, you know, getting to a place where I can be, have a real voice and really be empowered and yeah. tell my voice and tell my story in a way that obviously will connect to people this way. That's what it's telling me. They're like, keep fighting to tell your story and to do it on your terms. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And also, too, it's like, it's interesting because I think of James Baldwin often mm. just in my life. Yeah. And I don't think he, I think, I think his work became a sign of the times mm. you know uh but i think for for him he, he i think he just wanted to be a great writer he wanted to be a great artist mm. and i think the same still goes for a lot of us yeah but i think we have to be mindful of the world we live in and make sure that we are not only being great but we're also serving a purpose and we're setting up we're opening doors for those to come after us so we still got firsts, you know, and that's all right. I just look forward to the day when it becomes less odd for people to be doing the things that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah, step slowly but surely, step, step by step. step, by step. step. We're getting there. Well, let's talk about your new stuff. What's coming yeah. up for you? How much can you share about it? I know. Um, I'm going to be in a movie. What movie? <laughs> can you say? Um, I, I don't know if I necessarily have to say because I think if somebody wants to Google, they can figure it out. I'm not going to say it, but I'm, I, okay. I filmed a really cool movie. Okay. That's exciting. And, they, and I don't know if I'll do press for it because my character is a bit of a reveal. Oh, but, um, okay. But, but if I don't do press for it, when the movie comes out and people see it, I think it'll be a really <gasps> lovely surprise. I'm excited for this. I'm very excited. Also shy. Yeah, the shy, the shy, the shy. I don't, we don't have a, we don't know when it'll air, but we're assuming maybe top of next year. Okay. Um, What's and, that show for folks that haven't heard about it before? Oh, it's it's about. I really want to humanize black people. Yeah. In Chicago, yeah. particularly. Yeah. Because I feel like the headlines and stuff has been sort of like sort of painting them in a certain picture, especially in Chicago. Like, yeah. It's one type of black Chicago. That right. You hear about. Exactly. So, and we're we're trying to get it right. You know, we're, we're it's, it's trial and error. We're trying to figure it out. You know, yeah. we all want we all want 
to make a good show. Yeah. So Commons in there. Well, yeah. Well, we'll see. You know, but okay. Commons an EP. You know, he's really trying to do more producing and stuff like that. And so, my him myself, Rick Famuyiwa, direct the pilot, and Rick Famuyiwa is a phenomenal human being and nice. a wonderful person. Somebody I want to work with again and again and again. So, and Showtime has been fantastic. And so we are, uh, yeah, we're gonna try to have a show for y'all top of next year. We'll I'll see. Be ready we'll for see. It. We'll see what happens. And it's just been so nice to see young, talented people of color just do their thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny enough, I know uh, Cord Jefferson. Oh. He wrote the New York I Love You episode. Yeah. Which is also brilliant. He's so dope. He did like a Vice piece too. Yeah. I saw him on that. And like, I I knew him years ago back in DC. So in DC, dope. Like when he was just still hustling, I'm like, you made it good. And I'm like, you made yeah. it good. And Aziz made it good. Mm-hmm. Like it's so good to see this industry take people of color seriously yeah in a way that i felt like was not happening no in a real way because for a second it was a bit of a fad uh-huh and now we're i like to say in vogue hell yeah you know what i'm saying because yeah. now in vogue, great yeah. 90s r&b oh come on <laughs> hello yes so we should play more of them hell yeah um uh but yeah take it like yeah it's like it. you know because with stuff like get out and moonlight because the truth is we're we're, we're in a business of heat seekers and mm-hmm. copycatters mm. so those movies that are TV shows that have that heat, like Atlanta, the white people have that heat. They aren't easy to copy. Yes. But they all go, we want that. We want the next one. So now what they're saying is we want that black layer sophisticated thing. Uh-huh. That's the cool now thing. Now Atlanta, give us Houston and right. Topeka uh-huh. and yeah. no, Boston right. and New Orleans. They may get it wrong, <laughs> yeah. but at least they're trying. And I think they're looking for writers like Jordan, like Donald, yeah. like Issa, like myself, like yeah. Justin. You know what I'm saying? It's like and like Ava. You know, So I think that to me is super exciting that the tide is turning, not just to black people, but mm-hmm. to black folks with something to say yes. that are sophisticated and have a vision. Like chewing gum is really interesting. Um, Oh my God, so, it's so good. You know what I'm saying? So I think to me, that stuff excites me yeah. more than just like, yeah. oh, black people on TV. Yeah. And it's exciting to know. So one of my colleagues did a story on how a lot of these black TV shows, most of the viewers are white. Mm. A majority of viewers for shows like Blackish That's is not black. Yeah. And mm. I'm like, I'm, I'm good. Mm. I'm glad that right. white people can take a story and hold on to it like it's their own even mm-hmm. if they don't look like them. Right. Like that's that real. is an evolution that I appreciate. Yeah, me too. You know? Me too. I think it's important. I think that's a part of the revolution. Yeah. For a white kid in Brentwood to watch Atlanta. And ID with it. And yeah. feel like it's a part of him. Yeah. That's that's how thing. we actually, I think, build bridges. Yeah. Because now they're seeing a layered version of a black person versus mm-hmm. what they always assume they mm-hmm. see. Or I don't mind tropes. I don't mind playing with tropes. But my thing is as long as they feel like three-dimensional human exactly. beings, I don't give a what they do yeah look at sopranos look Come at on. mad men yeah no one you know was, what i'm saying yeah, look exactly. at nurse jackie yeah those are really flawed characters if those characters were black it would have been a whole uproar oh, like Lord. oh he got a double life oh she on drugs she got to be on drugs you know what i'm saying why he got to be a mobster it's like but it's not that's just the backdrop yeah no one looked at uh breaking bad and was like that's making white dudes look awful exactly they just watch the damn One show because it was good shows of all time it was just a good show yeah yeah so that's what i want to get more into you know okay. for us to not have to always be so prim and proper and yeah. to always do the right thing and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff yeah but that's a generational thing because i think older black folks were like can we have some people like the cosby's i'm like we'll see how that turned out <laughs> no shade <laughs> no no I shade still, i still okay. the cosby show Oh, me too. I'm always watching because I want, I want the rest of the Cosby family to get their papers. Okay, you know, right? They, they deserve residuals. I know, regardless of what Bill's doing. Keisha and I pulling got a baby now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, with some dude apparently who ain't that cool. Um, <laughs> I yeah, know. She should stay with Tigger. Sorry. Right. 
I agree. I agree. Yeah. You got to go eat lunch or brunch know, or whatever. Or something. You, you didn't even you didn't even crack because I didn't want to be that person on here like crackling. <laughs> But trust me, as soon as you yell cut, I'm yeah. just into these Doritos and these snacks. Do your thing. Hey, well, this was the high point of my week. Oh, thank you. I am such a fan, and I pray for your continued success and world domination. Yes, I received that. Thank you so All much right. for our lovely conversation, for your wonderful energy. This is a great way to start my weekend. So All thank right. you so much. Thank you. Yes. Go get some food. I we will. Good. All right. All right now. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Lena Waithe. She's just delightful. All right, we're back with a new episode on Friday, our usual weekly wrap. And listen for us next Tuesday for my conversation with the very funny Shelby Lorman. Shelby's a author slash illustrator behind a book called Awards for Good Boys. It's also a very internet-famous Instagram account. That's next Tuesday. Till then, thanks for listening. I'm Sam Sanders. Talk soon. Talk soon.